Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the Recruiting Trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. everybody, I'm Brady Marcel, joined today by Keith Niebuhr uh, to kind of recap National Signing Day, the early signing day, the early signing period uh, for Auburn, and also moving ahead, moving forward. Uh, it was a big day for Auburn. Auburn right now ranked number seven nationally in the uh, 24-7 sports composite rankings. Uh, Auburn picking up uh, a few commitments on signing day. Some things that Keith had been really kind of hinting toward on uh, the message boards, as you guys all know. And uh, as Keith mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, expect 20 to maybe 22 signees. And Auburn got 22 signees. It was about as perfect of a day as Auburn could have hoped for uh, on the early signing period. So, Keith, um, when you look back at this signing day for Auburn, I know you're you're just getting over it yourself, you know, covering it 24 hours a day. Uh, but what were your what are your thoughts now that they've got uh, all these signatures in? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good class. But you know, like the fans, you you look at the all the good, but your eyes are pushed back to the offensive line recruiting. And and again, they've got six guys committed, five of them signed, and it's a good group. Don't get me wrong; there's no question about it. But the fact that none of the JUCO guys, uh, the, who are all offensive tackles, the fact none of those guys are going to be there this spring is sort of the one thing everybody's like, ah, come on, you know? They just can't catch a break. Killian Zaire, uh, huge pickup. You're talking about the number one junior college tackle in the country. Only a three-star, but again, number one Juco tackle in the country. Junior college rankings are, are Brandon, like really good players in the junior colleges get high three-star rankings because they're only going to be there a couple years. You know, there's just, you know, and for whatever reason, uh, historically, they don't have super high rankings, but that guy's really good and and Auburn really wanted him to be there in the spring, and you broke the news that he, he wouldn't be because he tore his ACL and you know all that. But if you take out all that uh, and you look at the offensive line class objectively, while maybe there's no superstars, uh, at least as uh, prospects, uh, the way you project out, and any of these guys could become a superstar. But if you look at it that way, you say, oh, it's a good, solid group. And then the rest of the class, I mean, four really good receivers – an awesome running back, an awesome tight end. Who would have thought we'd say that? I mean, this two years in a row, Auburn's done yeah. pretty doggone good at tight end. I mean, yep. Luke Deal's got a high upside. We don't know what Tyler Fromm is yet. Uh, you know, he was redshirted, but, you know, a big kid with some potential. So the last two years, they've hit a home run at tight end. Uh, defensive line, still a spot to fill, but three, four stars flipping Romello Height yesterday from Miami and two other studs. Now, one of them, Jay Hardy, still hasn't signed yet. We can talk about that later if you want. But a good defensive line class, I, I wouldn't say great, but but, but pretty good. 
uh, Zakevius Walker, and I'm sure we're going to get into him. Maybe the, the end up being the best guy in the whole class at some point. And then linebacker, three really good ones. So, you know, it's a little bit of a sting losing a couple guys to, to Alabama earlier in the cycle at linebacker, but Auburn ended up with three, four stars, uh, including a kid named Wesley Steiner, who, and again, this isn't hyperbole. It's kind of like we used to say Anthony Schwartz is the fastest recruit in the country because he was, and this guy's the most athletic recruit in the country because the numbers show that, right. uh, Wesley, Wesley Steiner. Um, and then at defensive back, four, four stars. I mean, you know, I, you really couldn't ask for much more. I mean, it's a good, solid Typical Auburn class, quite frankly. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to talk about that. We haven't talked yeah, a lot about yeah. that, about the defensive backs that they're bringing oh, in. Yeah. As you mentioned, that is a really solid group, maybe the best group they've brought in, uh, maybe since, uh, I, I don't know, you, you tell me, maybe since uh, T-Rob was here and Will Muschamp when they went into Miami and got some guys. Yeah, you know, everybody you know and everybody that listens and everybody that's on our site knows that I've got a real chip on our shoulder when it comes to saying I was the first to see somebody or, hey, <laughs> I reported this. I can't help it. It's just the way I was wi- I'm was. i wired. But but Ladarius Tennyson, it's good to see everybody else now recognizing yeah. how stud this guy is because I've been saying it all along. I, but, but again, I, I had the lucky, the benefit of I went and saw him play. And, you know, you can watch a guy's film, but then you go watch him play in person and, you know, you're thinking, okay, you see him before the game. He's put together now. Uh, he's chiseled, but he's only 5'9", and you're thinking, okay, this guy's going to be somewhat limited here. Uh-uh. Opening kickoff of the season opener, he took back 100 yards for a touchdown. That's the first play of the season, okay? First first anything of the season, this guy returned to kickoff 100 yards, had an interception in the game, dropped another interception, had some tackles for loss, had a key fourth down touchdown run. There's nothing the guy can't do. He's a sensational athlete, and quite frankly, I know people in the industry that say this guy, if he's 5'11 or 6 foot, is a five-star, okay? Five-star ability, maybe not a five-star body. But you know what? There's a lot of 5'9 centers in the NFL. There has been historically, uh, especially lately. I mean, there's still occasional 6'3 centers, but they're smaller and faster. I think he's going to play for that nickel star position, Brandon. I I think that's where Mm -hmm. they're probably going to play him. But he could play on the back end as well. I mean, he's – the guy's a special talent and just an absolute gamer. I think he plays a lot next year. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. He certainly gives them a lot of flexibility, uh, uh, you know, in the secondary. And then you got three other guys. Marco Damio is an awesome story. Four-star out of Juco. I think he's a number two or three Juco. I want to say number three. I don't know. He's a top four or five Juco corner in the country, but had no offers out of high school. And he persisted. And the kid just kept working. Had a great freshman year at Blinn College, obviously, where Cam Newton played. And, uh, uh, then had another good sophomore year. But after his freshman year, teams started taking notice. Colleges, you know, LSU offered, Texas A&M, a lot of schools would have taken the guy. And Auburn got in on him fairly early. Um, I think LSU and A&M were on him before Auburn, but Auburn got in on him fairly early, worked him hard, got him committed over the summer. So that's two of them right there. That's a, a corner and a safety. He'll be there in January, and I should point out Ladarius Tennyson will be there in January too. Chris Thompson, a four-star safety Signee, I keep, I'm going to have to say signing. I'm, I mean, I keep wanting to say commit, but these guys yeah, are signed. Yeah. Chris Thompson, he'll be there in January. Yep. He plays for probably a top three or four high school program in the country right now, Duncanville, Texas. Their quarterback's going to Texas. They got a ton of players, a ton of young players, too. And by the way, Auburn's recruiting some of those guys, too. Don't ask me all their names. I, I haven't even transitioned yet mentally to 2021. So he's a guy they think's really smart and can do a lot of things, come in, maybe play early. He'll be here in January. And then the fourth secondary guy is the guy they landed yesterday, Eric Reed. And Brandon, like a week ago, 
there, there's no way they were getting this guy. It wasn't going to happen. He was leaning Georgia. He'd already officially visited Auburn. And after the visit, people were saying, yeah, it went well, but, but, yeah. but. It was a lot of buts. And it was always but Georgia. And, uh, you know, he visited Georgia this weekend. And Georgia got another commit of a safety. Now, they say that they were recruiting, or from what I was told, that Georgia was telling the kid, you're going to be a corner. Uh, but, but he could play either. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that had some impact in his recruitment. But really, Marcus Woodson hammering him um he knew he was a priority to auburn in fact or, or you know a big need for auburn and a chance to play early um but you know over the weekend and by the way auburn wants him at corner i don't know if i mentioned that but over the weekend auburn made a, a decision to stop recruiting a kid named brian george uh a juco right. all-american at cornerback and people were really flipping out on the board yeah no uh, yeah, there were some yeah. measured responses but, there were, but a lot of them were like a lot of them were like, Me- what measured the, what what in the h are we doing right yeah what right. in the heck is auburn doing and and I don't think one had to do with the other. I really don't. I know people are going to speculate that. I just think Auburn said, you know, it didn't feel like it was a good fit with Brian George. Hey, let's go in another direction. He ended up signing with Texas A&M. But, it, you know, at that point going into the weekend, Brian George was close to picking Auburn. And you think, okay, he's committing to Auburn. It's done. And then they go in another direction. Like, all right, what are the options? Uh, they've been recruiting a kid named Emmanuel Apia, but they really just kind of went in a different direction there too. So that left Eric Reed if they were going to get anybody in the early signing period. And Sunday night, it seemed like it was Georgia, but he visited Georgia over the weekend. And he didn't commit. And I think there was some feeling at Georgia that he was maybe going to commit coming out of that visit. He didn't do it. Auburn kept working him, and, you know, they couldn't visit him. This, you know, once Sunday night's over, it's the dead period again. But over that Monday and Tuesday period, they really won him and his family over. And huge get because you know, I, I know there were some reports out there that Georgia didn't have room and this, that, and the other. And, it, it, you always, I hate to say it, you get that spin a lot from schools when they don't get guys. And, and by the way, people were saying the same thing about Auburn with JB and Cohen, who who flipped Alabama with Philip Webb. You know, so Auburn, Auburn, uh, the, the word sometimes gets out. Hey, they're not recruiting a guy too, and uh, and there's not or there's not room or whatever. So I don't want to nitpick here, but from what we were told, Eric Reed, absolutely, Georgia would have taken him. I mean, that's what all the reports were. Uh, you can't just say a kid's a take all the way. And then when he picks somebody else, you say he's not a take. That looks kind of bad. But uh, so this this was a, a big win. That's a good group. Now, I don't think he's an early enrollee. He's not actually. But uh, the other guys are. They're all going to be there in the spring. you got to replenish that secondary. By the way, Brandon, <laughs> uh, teams are passing the, the you-know-what out of the football in the SEC mm-hmm. these days. Now, it's year to year. I mean, you know, if, if Tua and Joe Burrow aren't around, you know, that's a significant blow to the, the passing stats in the conference. But but you need more defensive backs. You need you're gonna have to rotate a lot of guys. You need more guys ready to play if there's injuries. And so it was crucial that Auburn signed four DBs in this class. And they got four that they're really happy with. Now, look, there's a Marco Damia has never played in the SEC and neither of any of these other guys. You know, we don't know what they're gonna be. We just know what they are as prospects. And and Auburn is absolutely ecstatic to have these guys. Ecstatic. Much more uh, on recapping signing day and moving forward right after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, Keith, I really wanted to focus on those defense backs. I just don't think we've, we've given them enough, uh, no, I guess, you're right. props. I mean, they, they right. just... Is that your way of saying I'm terrible at my job? No, 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 no. It's just, you know, I, I didn't think about till yesterday. I was, I was laying in bed sick and I was looking at everything and looking at highlight film and all that and reading about it, I'm like, wow, this is a heck of a group that Auburn's well, got. It, well, here, here's why. Uh, you know, Tennyson committed in August. Right. Thompson, Thompson committed in the summer. But I will say this, <clears throat> Brandon, we should tell everybody, you're sick, I'm sick. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's going to be some coughing on mine, and I apologize. But Chris Thompson picked Auburn, I think, in August. But, you know, you'll remember now, that's another one. We, we had some good sourcing on that one because everybody thought Texas. Everyone. And, and in fact, the night before he committed Auburn, I don't know if I've even told the readers and the, the listeners this, he told our Texas reporter, uh, it's Texas, here are the quotes. So in other words, he told them, <laughs> it was, you know, here, here are your quotes that you'll need for your commitment story. Well, that whole time, my sources were saying, well, you know, Auburn is in this, man. They, they feel good. They feel good. And that was Wesley McGriff, the crime dog. That was his guy. Mm-hmm. And the next morning it was, guys, it, it, it's going to be Auburn. I'm sorry. It, it, it's it's not Texas, but the crystal ball, when you look at that kid's profile at 24-7 sports, we got the crystal ball. Brandon and I put in predictions, Jason and Mark, too, uh, recruit predictions of where we think they're going to go. It, every single one of them said Texas. I never put one in. I, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I don't care. I think on this occasion I may have just forgotten, or I, I was thinking it was Auburn, but I wasn't. I didn't have a strong enough opinion. But it was a shocker to the college football recruiting world that they got uh, – I keep wanting to call him Chris Duncan, but it's Chris Thompson from Duncanville. <laughs> And so that was a big one. So you got him in August. You got uh, uh, Tennyson uh, in September. September, and then, yeah. And then you got uh, Marco Damio. I want to say over the it was over the summer. I don't remember exactly when. It might have been July or June. Uh, actually, I can look it up while we're talking. But, you know, um, that was another one. Uh, Marco Damio, where at one point everybody thought it was all LSU. Then it was going to be Texas A&M. And kind of Auburn snuck in there and took them away. And uh, I want to say LSU might have. I can't remember whether they just kind of went in a different direction, which happens, by the way. Coaches have personal preferences, and it doesn't mean they don't like a kid. Uh, I can't remember the full details there. But point being, all three of those guys were locked up by September. So in the fall, nobody was talking about them. Uh, Damio committed in August. So you had two of them commit in August, Damio and Chris Thompson. And it was, uh, and then you had Tennyson in September. So at that point, you, you kind of forget about that position. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah. kind of forget about it. They're, they're in the barns and the hay, as they say. But Tom, uh, excuse me, uh, Tennyson in particular had an unbelievable season. You know, it's funny. I, I know his coach down there at, uh, at Rockledge High, which is, uh, they call it the Rock. It's uh, a historic school. It actually was, what, what is now Rockledge High was once Cocoa High. And then now Cocoa High has, is in a different building a few miles away. But in that area that they call the Space Coast of Florida, mm. there's actually been, Brandon, a lot. And I say this a lot. I've, I've got That's my area of knowledge, the state of Florida. There, that area has produced a lot of great players through the years. I'll give you a couple names. Uh, Brandon, unfortunately, you got to listen to my BS here. But Wilbur Marshall. Okay, you're talking about a guy that may be in the NFL Hall of Fame at some point, certainly the College Football Hall of Fame. 
a great player at UF. Chris Collinsworth, I think everybody's heard of Chris Collinsworth. Well, both those guys played at Astronaut High School in Titusville, which is a few miles away. If you follow Notre Dame football in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, the last time they were really, truly right. good, they had a badass tight end named Derek Brown. He was from this area. Jamel Dean from that area. Uh, Jawan Taylor, an uh, uh, all-SEC player that got drafted a couple years ago as an offensive lineman. A lot of great players from that area. And people swear, including his coach, uh, who is at Rockledge High, but played at Cocoa High, all in this kind of 50-mile swath here uh, of region on the right near Cape Kennedy in, uh, in NASA in Florida. He says this guy's one of the best players in the area ever, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. But again, he's 5'9". If, he, if he's six foot, then he's probably a top 25 national recruit. He's really something. It was, it was kind of great to see Gus say those things because you know we all think we know football brandon yeah but but we don't compare to these dudes okay no. i mean they, i mean they you know there's a reason why they make the money they do doesn't mean they're always right as <laughs> obviously but uh but to see gus's quotes just raving about ladarius Tennyson, it kind of it, it kind of made me feel like okay i wasn't uh wasn't too far off but here here's gus saying uh quote we felt like he was one of the better all-around football players in the country i know the defense wanted him the offensive side wanted him. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's a special type of returner. I think he's going to have a chance to come in here uh, and play right off the bat and help us. And couldn't agree more. So you're right. It hasn't gotten enough attention, uh, partly because they all committed early and partly because, you know, my, my attention gets diverted to who are the remaining targets. You're always worried about that. And I knew the three guys were solid, so I wasn't exactly checking on their status all the time. But then you add Eric Reed to that, you know, one-time Ole Miss commit. And by the way, he was Ole Miss's highest rated commit when he decommitted. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Yeah. That was a killer to them. Absolute shocking blow to them. Not, not shocking, but a stunning blow, I guess. So yeah, they did really good there. I mean, but you know, Auburn's got a lot of four stars in this group, uh, a five-star running back. Now you're probably going to ask me, but Tank Bigsby, I mean, a guy, Gus is right. He can score from anywhere on the field. You got to have those chunk plays, man. Remember how stagnant Auburn's offense was mm-hmm. those couple seasons where they just didn't, you know, obviously one season with uh, Jeremy Johnson, this wasn't good quarterback play, but some of the years it's, it's 80 yards and 16 plays and man, everything's got to go right on 16 straight plays for you to exactly. score. You got to have some big plays, man. And, and if you get it out of the running game, usually you're thinking big plays got to come out of the passing game. Well, uh, not to every school. You know, Auburn needs more big plays no. out of the running game. They're, they yeah. get a lot of good plays. They get a lot of good 18, 20-yard runs. But we haven't seen, other than the, the like Anthony Schwartz and Eli Stove runs out of jet sweeps and things like that, we haven't seen too many long, long runs from the running backs. Yeah, it, now, it's, that, that's not all their fault, by the way. But you well, know, you know, the line it, could play better. And it's just been like that the last couple seasons, where it's yeah. the line play, the, the running backs themselves. I mean, obviously – the last time they really had someone explosive back there was able to get some things done was on Johnson. He also had a good offensive line in front of him, but you're exactly right. They got to get back to getting those big time chunk plays in the running game because that's really what's been missing from this offense the last two seasons. I mean, yeah, uh, no doubt. Is it the offensive line? Is it the running backs? I think it's obviously a combination of all that. But when you, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and just talk about this. Auburn's yeah. pretty stacked in the in running back now oh, with God. Tank think, and Mark yeah. Anthony Richards. And I mean, geez. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're right. People were asking. Hey, and again, I, I, I don't ever want it to sound like I'm, I'm you or, or me or nitpicking at what subscribers are saying. Look, we follow this for a living. They're asking questions because they genuinely want to know. 
and 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 we get it. You guys have jobs. <laughs> Our job is to follow all this stuff, so we understand that. But there were a lot of questions. Hey, why aren't we taking a second running back? You know, we being Auburn, and it's like, uh, well, you don't really need one. You, like, you just signed two last year. One of them had a pretty doggone good freshman year, DJ mm-hmm. Williams, considering he was hurt for part of the year and was a true freshman. Mark Anthony Richards hurt the whole year. He's very explosive. And, and the, the great thing about Mark Anthony Richards is he's a quality guy. But I, I'll tell you, he's he's well-rounded off the field, but he could be one of these guys we could absolutely see. If, he, if he's killing it in practice and they say, wait a second, can only have one running back at a time out there. Remember, Gus said yesterday in his press conference, you may see two running backs on the field at times now. They're getting some explosive guys back there. That's what Mark Anthony Richards is. DJ Williams is explosive, but more as an in-between-the-tackles runner. Mark Anthony Richards is, is more of that outside guy. He can do a lot of different things. Uh, so you got those two. Sean Shivers is back. Harold Joyner. Malik Miller is steady. Say what you want. I mean, you know, he's not a chunk yardage guy, everybody thinks. But he's had some pretty long plays in his career, too. So... They're, they're, they've, they've got a stable of running backs that gives you a lot of options. I think Mark Anthony Richards is going to be an interesting guy to watch. Are they going to play him at receiver two? Could he maybe someday end up at safety? I don't think he wants to, but no. I will tell you, I will tell you this. Uh, I, I do know that there's a division one coach out there, uh, well-known division one assistant coach, I should say right now, former head coach. Uh, and I hope I'm not giving too much away here that said, that this guy would have been the number one safety recruit in the country last year. Talking about Mark Anthony Richards, that's a special talent now. So they got they're stacked back there. But you know he's built like carry on and uh, long and lean. But yeah. you know, they could if hey they need help at receiver and he's healthy they may say all right let's get him the ball let's get him yeah. see what he can do. They they're they're and again it's all going to come back to the offensive line because Bo Nix I think we saw an incredible amount of I mean you're the you're the beat guy here but from my eyes. My point of view, I saw an incredible amount of progression from him in those Georgia and Alabama games, mm-hmm. just making a lot of smart plays. And so now you got all these weapons, and yep. you know I love this receiver group. And I, the good thing about these young receivers, not only are they talented, they're going to push the guys that are already there. Right. Okay. They're, they're, there's no doubt, Brandon. The receivers have, have got to get better at Auburn. Yeah, right? and I, I think that I think they've gotten a little bit better this season, and I think next season's when they could really explode um, for a lot of reasons. One, they're older. Secondly. I think they're going to throw the ball a little bit more like they have been here in the last four or five games of this season. And I think Chad Morris is going to spice things up a little bit in the passing game because Bo Nix is going to be their strength. Yeah, spice it up. Um, but you mentioned Mark Anthony Richards at running back. Yeah. I mean, Cadillac Williams, uh, even some players we spoke to on Thursday, all of them compare him to on Johnson with his running style, Yeah, uh, as you mentioned. You know, can I can I talk about Cadillac for a second? Because people, the one of the questions. I mean, you and I are both big Tim Horton fans. I think maybe the two biggest Tim Horton fans there are. Yeah. And so Cadillac had to, you know, he had the name, and look, you know, experience wise, he doesn't have Tim Horton's coaching experience. But you know, a place you can make a mark as a young coach is on the recruiting trail, and he's already landed two big running backs. We forget he already has a running back committed for next year, who's a top one hundred recruit, Armani Goodwin out of uh, Trustville, Hewitt Trustville High School just north of Birmingham. And then he got Tank Bigsby. And let me tell you something. Tank Bigsby supposedly was very close to committing to Georgia over the summer. They kind of were hemming and hawing, maybe slow playing a little bit, kind of exploring all their options. And, and that really did not sit well with him. And uh, But meantime, Cadillac Williams was always there. I was always there to talk to Tank, was always there to tank, talk to Tank's mom. And they built such a strong relationship that, he not only committed to Auburn in August, but when Georgia kind of circled back, basically admitting, uh, so to speak, the error of their ways, you mm-hmm. know, 
uh, and, and not to be too hard. I mean, look, Georgia's recruiting great at running backs these days, but not to, uh, you know, when they circle back, it was too late. It was, I mean, Cadillac Williams, you know, he was slow and steady there and, and really apparently won him over to the point where from what we're told. And I, I, again, I don't, I, I don't get into the taking shots at other teams thing. I just tell you what I hear. Okay. From, from what we hear, Georgia was recruiting him extremely hard at the end and, and tank Bigsby basically just kind of had to like, just stop responding. You know, it was just, it was getting yeah. too much. And, and, uh, but Georgia was working really hard on him and, and, and he stuck with the guy that was there for him the whole time. And, and that says a lot about Cadillac Williams, who, you know, quite frankly, maybe of all the coaches on the staff, they got a, a lot of guys that are friendly. So do all coaching staffs. Cadillac Williams may be the friendliest guy. It, he's a lot like Tim Horton. He's mm-hmm. a lot like Tim Horton. Maybe not as outgoing because he's a little shy, but he's got that, he's got a great personality that's really re- resonating with kids. And, and so, you know, let's see how he blossoms as a coach, as a recruiter. He's already doing a pretty doggone good job. So um, quickly, uh, yeah. defensive tackle Jay Hardy, uh, he did yeah. not sign. We knew Jonathan Buskey was not going to sign. Hardy was up in the air. W- what happened there? <laughs> I'd love to be able to tell everybody what the what the actual reason is, but I, I don't know. And and we can speculate. People can say things. He's in Florida playing in a basketball event. But I think it's set up where you could sign anywhere. I mean, you can – you know, I mean, last year Wesley Steiner, I think – no, not Wesley Steiner. Last year Auburn had – a player playing at the well, Wesley Steiner's in this class that Auburn had a player last year playing in the world bowl in Mexico and they still got their papers in. I think it was Javaris Johnson or somebody like that. So it could have been done for whatever reason. He didn't want to do it. Uh, there was a, some chatter that maybe he wanted to do it with all his teammates in February. Okay. I, I could see that. You know, the question is, should Auburn be concerned? Why he didn't sign, you know, is, is important too. But from what we yeah. understand, it has nothing to do with the solidity of his commitment. Auburn says he's extremely, they don't say we hear Auburn says he's thinks he's extremely solid. Uh, and they don't really feel like they have too much to worry about. Even with Tennessee, which finished second when he committed November, uh, the, the second week of November, they don't seem too concerned from what we're told about that. Now, Tennessee thinks that this is a good sign. And, and if you're Tennessee, why wouldn't you think that, you know, Hey, look, you hadn't signed. That means you can keep recruiting them. So it'll be a battle. There's no question about that. But again, from what we're, from what we're hearing through our sourcing is that Auburn continues to feel like he's a hundred percent locked in. Now we will see, um, look, I mean, you, you mentioned him as a tackle. He's actually a strong side end. Okay. But I, I think what you're, you're right though. I think he's going to end up being a tackle, but he can do both. And, and obviously Auburn likes guys like that. I mean, Derek Brown lined up at end a lot of times I saw, yes. I look out there and see him all over the place. So you're looking for the best matchups and all that stuff. So uh, he's a lot like that. Um, uh, really good player. They, they've got to, it would be a big blow, let's put it this way, if he doesn't sign. But I, I think, again, not I think, I, I know that they continue to feel good. But we're going to keep monitoring it because, you know, what if he sneaks in a visit to Tennessee? What if, you know, who knows, right? Who knows? Yeah, but, you uh, never know. I, I do think it helped Auburn the way they finished yesterday. I think that's going to be an eye-opener for him because, quite frankly, if they don't get some of the guys they got yesterday, they might actually be behind Tennessee right now because Tennessee finished pretty strong. Yeah, they did. So tennis, that, that would be my big concern, that Tennessee's got some real momentum right now and they've won a bunch of games against, quite frankly, not very good teams. But you know what? You, that you ha- when you're building a program, every win counts. So I don't want to. I don't want to belittle Tennessee. They did. It let, I mean, we're just being honest. And I think their fans, which by the way, the, the Tennessee fans have always, I've always had a great relationship with them. They, uh, I think they're well aware of that. But when you lose to Georgia State, you're, you're, you'll take anything. And and they've beaten the teams they should beat, which is the 
first step in turning your program around, right? Yeah. Uh, but they have some real momentum on the recruiting trail too. So it's going to be interesting. But again, all I can tell you is that Auburn continues to feel good. And we're going to re- keep reaching out to Hardy and see if we can get him. But he, you know, he's, he's not exactly the easiest guy in the world to reach. So I may have to find my way up there in January to Chattanooga. But again, they feel, they feel good. And that's, yeah, they felt good about, uh, about George Pickens last year too. And he flipped to Georgia. Yeah. But you just never really know. That's what worries you. You get burned one time. And, and, and I don't blame fans for being worried. What, I mean, you know, we kept telling them last year, Auburn feels good about Pickens. Auburn feels good about Pickens. Now, that didn't mean we felt good about Pickens, but Auburn, Auburn did. <laughs> and, you know, then the night before signing day, four schools think they're getting the kid. That's when you think, okay, this is not probably good for Auburn. You know what I mean? But, uh, right. but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's a big one. You know, elsewhere on the defensive line, getting Romello Hyde, flipping him from Miami. Um, great for Auburn, terrible for Miami. They had the guy committed for half a year. And he's telling them they're a, he's a thousand one thousand percent thousand percent committed. <laughs> takes a secret visit to Auburn over the weekend. Had been there twice in November. Uh, God, I mean, I just that's kind of the ugly side of recruiting. And, and I'm not accusing anybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's got to be really hard for a team. It happened to Auburn last year with George Pickens. You you work on a kid. You've got him committed. They're telling you all the right things, and then they flip at the last minute. Now. The good thing for Miami is he didn't flip to one of their arch rivals. They'll never play Auburn unless it's in a bowl game. But that's still one spot that they got to replace. Now they're going to yep. be out there frantically looking for a body for at that position. It's terrible. I mean, that's that's why these guys make three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and a lot more sometimes as assistant coaches. Man, that's got to be stressful. How'd you like to be his area recruiter? You put in oh, all that gosh. work, and then the, the guy flips. He's telling you he's not taking visits. Ugh. I mean, he was adamant the other night that he didn't visit Auburn. You know? <laughs> he was adamant even though here's the funny thing even though he put out a facebook post photos. showing photos of him at auburn <laughs> and he's telling people they were from the summer and by the way i, I look he's a kid i'm not I, we're just having fun here uh, i've had very few interactions with him and he's always been fantastic okay it's it's not we're not calling him a bad kid we're not saying auburn's dirty we're not saying miami has a bunch of fools we're not this is just a a unique, it's a strange situation. It's a strange thing that recruiting is, quite frankly. You hate it when your kid – somebody brought this up on the board today, Brandon. When, when you flip a guy from another school, it's the greatest thing in the world. But right. when, another, when another school flips one of your guys, immediately fans are, you know, God, I, ho- I hope his career sucks. I hope yeah. he's miserable. I hope they lose every yeah. game. Then you have people saying, I hope he tears his ACL. I mean, what? Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, well, it's, it's heat of the moment stuff, and, and uh, I know people don't mean that, but, uh, but it's still – interesting i mean we saw it just a you know, a week or so ago with jb and cohen that right. i mean it was getting to be just a and people were losing their minds over this kid it was yeah. i mean it was i don't know how much longer it could have gone on i mean people were really getting mad at him and you know and, and he's just a kid he's having fun and and uh you know and, and kids make mistakes but by the way so do a lot of the 50 year old men recruiting him so we we say we all say Brandon every day I say and do fifteen to twenty stupid things if I'm lucky that's a good day okay so it's uh but recruiting's funny like that but Romello Height was huge but to me Zakevius Walker is the is the the guy to watch on that D line so many Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown characteristics personality wise mm-hmm, right, coachability yeah. quiet kid I, I think he's Marlon Davidson two with a little bit better body by the way now I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Marlon but little bit better frame, a little longer, uh, super strong naturally. So you get him in that Auburn weight program and whew, boy, I, you know, he's an early enrollee. I, I'm telling you, man. And I know you've heard the same thing. 
wouldn't be surprised if that guy's starting or playing a lot at some point next year. Right. And we know Rodney likes to play a lot of guys. So he does. Um, studs, so you know. I was, I was going to end the podcast yeah. with that right there. Uh, oh. Who maybe give me a guy or two that you really think yeah. could be uh, a big time impact player, whether it's their first year or just down the road. Well, let, let's get you a little bit involved here too. So you tell me on the offense, what were the positions open? And I'll say, you know, where do you think guys could play receiver? Uh, receiver, uh, offensive, okay, well, offensive well, guard. Start, well, let's start with receiver. Kobe Hudson is, is like the, I mean, we're talking about Ladarius Tennyson in the secondary, not getting a ton of attention. Kobe yeah. Hudson for a top 100 recruit. It really hasn't gotten a ton of attention. He was Auburn's first commitment in this class. First player in the country invited to the all American bowl, which most people still reno- remember as the army all American bowl. Again, right. first invite in the country for his class, uh, and he's a, yeah, and he's a guy that he's a, and he's a guy that Gus Malzahn zeroed in on four oh, years God, ago. Yeah. He's yeah, recruiting he, a long time. Eighth grade, he knew about yeah. him in the eighth grade. Yeah, uh, man, that's pretty good foresight there, man. Uh, so, seventy five hundred yards of offense the last two years, playing quarterback at his high school, early enrollee. He's already started working at receiver again. Uh, as soon as his team lost, he was back out there catching passes. You know, he competed at the opening last summer. Always in camps, played receiver. And he's fluid. He's not a he's not a four four guy. He's a four six guy, but he's six one one ninety ish. So that's plenty fast enough. Uh, good route runner. He's just smooth, man. There's just some open field, hard to tackle. I, I just think he's going to be. I, I he, you know I compare him to. I think he's a better version at this stage of Eli Stove. I think he's going to be a valuable player for three four years at Auburn. And they you know he'll he's the only one of the four receivers as of right now. Um, and I don't, unless something changes and I don't think it will, but he's the only one that's an early enrollee. So they, the, the, the chance is there. I, I think Xavier capers can absolutely play at the receiver position in year one, but he won't be there till fall camp. So, you know, four weeks to get ready is hard, right? You know what I mean? So that would be a guy to watch you say offensive guard. Well, you know, here's the problem. One of your offensive guards, Tate Johnson, he gets there in January. He probably needs a little bit of seasoning. He's got a good upside. He's a super smart kid. We'll see what he can do in the spring. Uh, from what most people I know think that he may need a year or two in the system to get stronger, lose some of the bad weight. He doesn't have a ton of bad weight, but he's got to lose a little bit. He knows that. Uh, but uh, maybe one of the two or three smartest guys in the class. Uh, you know, the other, the other guard in the class is Jeremiah Wright, but he doesn't get there until the summer. So I think what we're going to see is I think Auburn could explore the grad transfer market, maybe one or two guys. And, uh, you know, maybe a guy that can play both guard or tackle that's got some experience that they can put in there. But I, I, it would, to me, it would be hard for one of the freshman guards to, to, to be starting in year one. Uh, I think they're more developmental yeah. guys. Yeah. Especially with, you know, guys like Brodarius Ham and Tayshawn Manning, uh, ready to kind of start moving up and, and others that are is that, is already that, on I, campus. I've heard that about, uh, about some of those guys, you're saying Manning, some good, uh, some good vibes on Manning. Yeah, I've been hearing some good stuff about good. Tayshawn. He didn't get a lot good. of talk, but I've heard some good things from about him. The, I guess the last two weeks here uh, after the season. Um, I, I would be so. I mean, honestly, Brandon, if I could, can I interrupt you here? Yeah. And uh, you know, you try not to be fans. You you know, it, it makes it easy because you and I didn't go to Auburn, so we we don't have this orange and blue blood in us, so we can be impartial. But you start covering people, and you get to know their stories, and and. and and I'm going to mention one really good story in this class, but but talking about Tashawn Manning, if I could, because I covered him in Brodarius Ham's recruitments, and the Orlando Sentinel actually broke the story that Manning had 
had cancer when he was in high school, but I was the one that went to his house and spent Christmas Eve with his family. And just to see yeah, I remember the mom, that, yeah. the stress on the faces of the yeah. mom and the dad and the sister. And I left that house. And quite frankly, I got choked up talking about it. I had to basically drove a couple miles, pulled over to the gas station, got a, a soda pop because I love I love a good Coca-Cola. Everybody knows that. Not Diet Coke like Philip, but Coca-Cola, <laughs> the, real, the real thing. And I just remember, boy, like just being overcome with emotion like, man. And, and, and they already knew he was going to probably be fine. But it was just tough to see. Uh, you know, with the Christmas trees up and, you know, the, the look in the mom's eyes like she had just been yeah. through hell. <laughs> and then Broderius Ham, obviously, just a right. few months later, the same damn thing. Yeah. You know, just uh, if those two guys are starting next year, man, don't ever forget the great story yeah. that it was that they that they beat what they did. And, I, and, I and mean, they, you know, there's God. there's there's people there's people on <laughs> the in the Auburn program who believe Broderius Ham should have been starting this year. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that um, too, but them. maybe I've heard it from you. I don't know who, but yeah, that's interesting. And you know, in this class, there's a really good story too. And and we're going to let Philip tell it uh, down the road in much greater detail. And I don't want to give too much away, but JJ Evans, it's been written about before. But you know, I, we love to hear Philip kind of yeah. get in there and 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 really get deep into a story. Yep. You, you do a great job of that too. But it's JJ Evans, yeah. a, another four star guy that nobody really talks about. 2,400 receiving yards over the last two years. I'd say that's pretty good. Uh, if I'm getting the story right, and I just talked to him last week, when he was a kid, I don't remember the age, uh, his father drowned with him watching. And, man, you hear something like that, and, man, I mean, wow. I'll never forget when I was a kid, Brandon. Uh, my dad was out in the backyard chipping golf balls, and he, uh, he started – something happened. He started choking or something. And I always had heat with my parents. I don't, I don't know if you were like that, too. I was a, a pain in the ass to them, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember running out to the yard, you know, making sure he was okay. And he was okay. Now, he died a couple of years later or something totally different. But I just can't even – you, you put yourself in the, in the shoes of, of yeah, J.J. Yeah. Evans. And if any of you ever meet J.J. Evans, you're going to notice that he, he's got a locket around his neck. And it's a photo of him and it's a photo of his dad. And, I mean, oh, my God. I mean, there's a lot – you know – we get so caught up in the wins and losses and that's why, that's why we're fans of sports. I mean, you know, that's, that's why you play the game. That's why you coach to win. But, but you get some of these personal stories and, and the Auburn, the Auburn team's got a lot of them. Believe me, you know, as Mark Richards role grows, we're going to see his brother around the program more. Amon Richards, who was a yeah. promising, yeah. promising player at Miami, surefire NFL player. And, and then had some, that, that health issue where he could never play again. Yep. And it's, I mean, heartbreaking for a family that just, and, and, and for the kid and all that, but a lot of great stories. That's part of the fun of it. You get to know people. It also makes it hard when, when sometimes they get in trouble or, you know, we've had, I will say this in the last couple of years, a few recruits that we covered, um, in the last 10 years passed away and that's difficult too. So, yeah. uh, but I love the personal stories. That's at the end of the day, that's what I love the most. I'm, t- I'm a storyteller. You are too. And that, that's what we're doing, telling stories. I know I got way off track there, but uh, a lot of great stories. J.J. Evans, to me, is the one guy I'll, I'll absolutely be pulling for so hard in this class to do well. Yeah, you're exactly right about, you know, it's the good kids that you cover and you're like, you really kind of fall in love with to share their story, especially if they've been through so much good and bad. I mean, you well, talk to well, a lot of these guys, everybody's got a story, but, oh, you know, yeah. you know, I, it's like this outgoing senior class for Auburn. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, someone close to the program today and they think, They've been around for 15, 20 years around Auburn. They, they think it's the best senior class to come through here, not just players 
and their production, but how they are off the field. I know everybody's like, yeah, 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 off the field, but like they don't get in trouble. They're very close. I mean, Daniel Thomas was talking to us the other day about how they were doing like a four way chat about, hey, are you going to play in the ball game? He's like, yeah, duh, I'm going to play in the ball game. What are you doing? You know, well, Daniel, yeah, Daniel you know, Thomas, what a great kid. I cut you off again, Brian. I got this yeah. little echo. Another great kid, Jeremiah Denson. All yeah. the heck he went through that 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 major injury, and you know we forget we talk about JJ Evans losing his family, his his father. A lot of kids don't have parents. Uh, right, Connus, Connus Miller. I was at his commitment ceremony, and remember everybody was giving his dad grief because he wanted him at Bama, and his dad his dad passed away just a few months later of a heart attack. Yeah, uh, you know I'm sitting right next to the guy. Uh, yeah. What about Marlon Davidson? You know his yeah uh, man. You know I mean that's a, I mean yeah mom goes grocery shopping one day <sighs> and doesn't come home. You know, it's, I mean, it's just, yeah, we take a lot of that stuff for granted, but you know, getting back to this class, uh, I think you got to give the staff a lot of credit. Once again, another year of a lot of negative chatter that they had to deal with on the recruiting trail. That, yep. like, that, that's part of it. We're not making excuses for them, but it is a reality. And, uh, they, they, they're, they're pros at this <laughs> dealing with that right now. They're, they're pros and, uh, they landed some big dudes. I mean, how about Larry Porter? You know, people have been kind of saying, when's Larry Porter going to hit a home run? Well, J.J. Pegues that they picked up at tight end picked Auburn over Bama. They beat out some good schools for some dudes this cycle, okay? Zakivas Walker, Tank Bigsby, and Eric Reed, they beat out Georgia for. Wesley Steiner, you're talking about a guy that's like a young Einstein. Uh, they beat out Stanford for him. Now, Stanford's not the Stanford it was three years ago, but it's still the school still is. And uh, there's a lot of good wins it, it, uh, that they pulled off, uh, a lot of them. And you know, sometimes we look at the rankings that I try to go beyond that. Who did you beat to get a kid? You know, who did you get? Who did you beat? Chris Thompson, they beat Texas. All right. Marco Damio, they beat A&M and LSU. Tank Bigsby, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida. Uh, so they've got a lot of good players and the staff did a really good job. And, you know, it wasn't always easy. I mean, there were points where, you know, when the summer began, they didn't have any DBs committed. And you're thinking, oh, my God, are they going to get anybody? And then, Brandon, how about you? they enter the month of November with one defensive line commit? One! And it's a three-star, which you can't ever convince anybody that that yeah. kid's going to be – a three-star <laughs> is going to be any good. you know. And then since then, they picked up three four-stars and, and big-time players. I mean, big-time. Flip a guy from Miami. Beat out Georgia for a guy. Beat out Tennessee for a guy in his home state. And, and so there's a lot of big wins there. Killian Zaire, you know, a guy that UCLA thought was a slam dunk, by the way. And he's playing in a junior college, like, what, 30 miles from Westwood? Nah, look, I know UCLA's not anything special right now. But Auburn got a guy from Germany who's playing junior college football just outside of L.A. to sign. Okay? That's a pretty good find. And by the way, uh, let's go through the list. Marcus Woodson, uh, Kevin Steele, Wesley McGriff, Travis Williams, Rodney Garner, uh, J.B. Grimes, Larry Porter, Cody Burns. I'm sure I'm missing some Cadillac Williams. But here's a guy that nobody's talking about, Kenny Dillingham. I had a coach at Auburn actually call me up and, and so not call me up, call me over uh, recently and say, you know who did a really good job was Kenny Dillingham. Kenny Dillingham, <laughs> who's now at FSU, they, they might not get any of these junior college offensive oh, no, without absolutely him. Absolutely okay? not. No. And also, lead recruiter with Wesley Steiner, area recruiter. Now, that was a T Will deal. Don't get me wrong, but he was the area guy. You, you uh, look, an area guy could screw something up, okay? I mean, you know, by, by not showing up, by not, you know, whatever. But um, so Kenny, in his brief time at Auburn, uh, actually did leave his mark on the, on the recruiting trail. 
Uh, and now they have Chad Morse in that position. And, and Brandon, I think that's going to open up the door for Auburn to uh, grow its quarterback recruiting if he's here for four or five years, let's say. Uh, because if there's been one knock on Gus, it's been high school QB development, right? And so now you're bringing in a guy that's known for that. Uh, so that that maybe that's one maybe the last missing piece here. I don't know, but but uh, but Kenny Dillingham, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, overlook his efforts. Yeah, these, that, these JUCO guys are. I, look, I'm telling you right now. Somebody told me over there that they at Auburn they think Killian Zaire once he's healthy is absolute super stud written all over him. Yeah, they don't get any of those those JUCO guys without Kenny Dillingham because he had the he had the connections out there out west and no one else did uh, from the Auburn situation. Doesn't mean Auburn wouldn't have found some other players, but they're definitely the reason why they're coming to Auburn is because of Kenny yeah, and Dillingham. Yeah, and this was the year they needed him too. Absolutely, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, that that's a guy you really feel for, Kenny Dillingham. I mean, uh, Kenny Dillingham, Killian, uh, Killian Dillingham. Uh, Kenny Dillingham is doing fine. I'm saying I just saw how much he's making at FSU. He'll be fine. Killian Zaire's the one you got to feel bad for. Yeah, tearing your ACL in week eight. And yeah. Now he's going to miss all spring. But, uh, you know, he's a three years to play two two seasons guy. So worst case scenario, they can always redshirt him next year. But, um, you know, and we'll see, by the way, Brandon, you know, Auburn's not done. They got a few spots remaining. They're going to look at grad transfers. They think they got a real shot with Broderick Jones, the five-star offensive tackle who's committed to Georgia but didn't sign. And, you know, he's going to visit Auburn officially in January. I mean, there still could be more good news coming. Yeah, and Keith will be all over it, guys. Uh, great breakdown, Keith, as always, as we uh, move forward to the second signing day, which is weird to say still. Um, but things calming down a little bit for now, but that's that's the big name to keep your eyes on, everybody, is Broderick Jones. That would well, certainly it, be a it, great capper. If I could point one thing out, I believe he's an Under Armour All-American, and I will be down in, in Central Florida for that all week. So I'm going to be on him uh, – uh, he's not going to enjoy it by the end of the week. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Yeah, it's funny. People joke on the board, Brandon. They're like, oh, Keith, come on, drop the bag off. Get this done. Well, there, there's an opposite effect, too. If you're if you're covering a team, the kids start to associate you with that team. And if they don't like you, you can hurt the team. So that's yeah. why you kind of just more fly on the wall. But, yeah, we're going to have great coverage down there. You're going to Tampa. You, I'm going to be in Orlando. You're going to be in Tampa. You gonna get some sunshine, Brandon? You taking some sunblock down there? Or what? Oh, you you know me, my uh, <laughs> pasty white skin. I the thing that happens to me is I get burned, and then I just go back to being an albino. There's no tan. <laughs> Tampa's a great town. I hope I hope the fans. Uh, it's a good bowl game. Uh, Supposed to be I, good weather yeah. too. Oh, it's a fun. You know, you you know what you have down there. I know you're you're trying to wrap this up, and I'm just yammering here. But you you basically got Orlando weather without Orlando traffic. Okay. And I'm going to be dealing with Disney traffic every day, and you're going to have a, a quick drive over to the University of Tampa for practice and interviews and all that. It'll be a, it's uh, it, it'll be a joy for the fans. An early start to the game, so you don't uh, you could basically stay out all night, take a twenty <laughs> take, on New Year's Eve, take a twenty minute nap, and then go straight to the game. You know? Oh gosh, oh man, not to get too too in depth, but I uh, it wasn't like that. But I remember I was covering Mississippi State and rang in the new year at the media room at the Gator Bowl and went to bed like at two or three in the morning. But, you know, the game was like 11 o'clock or noon the next day. 
And I've never felt worse at a, at a football game. I thought, oh, I'm fine. I'm young. Nope. That was the day I realized I'm getting older and I can't do that anymore. Well, Jacksonville's so. great if you're at the beach. If you're in the city, there ain't yeah. a lot to do. Yeah. We, we were in the city along the river. Yeah. Eh, you know, but Tampa now. That's it's a, fine. You got the beach right there. You got a lot of great places to eat. There's oh, yeah. Tampa's. Gardens. I mean, yeah, you know, man. And Tampa. I lived there for a long time. So did Jason. Yeah. T- Tampa's loaded with places, good places to eat. We try to. Try to hit them up, and of course, Clearwater. Go out to Clearwater. I remember four years ago for the Outback Bowl. I just drove out to Clearwater for a day to work. I just worked on the beach, and uh, yeah. it was fantastic. I just, well, you I know, just if, love it. If you go out to some of those places occasionally, I, I wish. Is it Rick's? Oh, there's a place on the beach. I can't remember the name of it, but every time I've been there, I, I actually I'd say half the times I've, of the ten times I've been there. I've seen Hulk Hogan speeding by on his motorbike. <laughs> Thunder in paradise. <laughs> Tampa's great. I mean, you know, everybody makes fun of me for being a, a Florida grad because of the Gene Swords joke, yeah. which, you know, whatever. But uh, but but Tampa now, Tampa St. Pete, you're going to see guys like Hulk Hogan wearing cutoff jeans. It's going to happen. Okay? <laughs> I'm just warning everybody. But no, it's going to be fun. I hope everybody has a safe holiday, too. And I hope uh, the coverage was good for recruiting. And uh, I mean, they're, they're, look, Auburn had a, just a few hours before we started this, Brandon, they had a staff meeting to go over recruiting. I mean, it never ends for those guys. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, uh, Keith's got some uh, intel up on the message boards right now. If you want to go check it out on a p- potential grants transfer that uh, Auburn's looking at. So go check that out at auburn.247sports.com. For Keith, I am Brandon. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover.